Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. This is one of the things that a lot of us as parents overlook when it comes to our teens going to college, planning for college, or even coming back. The skills to achieve that independence, to truly become an adult, it's kind of the stuff they don't teach in school. And a lot of times, especially nowadays, a lot of students wind up back home after graduation. She's somebody that helps parents and students get ready for uh, adult life, for school life, kind of guides them along the way and in terms of deciding uh, their career path and so much more. And today we're going to talk about what happens in school with school counselors when they meet with your kids. Tonda Bean is with us and she's a career, and I love this title, Career Exploration Coach at Wisdom in Minutes, and she's back with us. Tonda, welcome. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully well. How are you today? Fantastic. Yeah, this is your your life's work, and it's it's something that we we take it for granted. We all that time goes into planning for college. Of course, you know, twelve all those years, you know, kindergarten to twelfth grade of preparing for that and picking majors in college and then students going and then realizing I'm not really sure what I want to do. Meanwhile, all that energy, time, expense has has gone by the wayside and uh, you know, they graduate and they're not really sure what they want to do and they're back at home again. Uh, your life's work is to make sure that doesn't happen, right? Absolutely. I think that there's just too much resources being used for us to say, we don't know what we're buying. What else would you buy that's about $100,000 or more that you don't know what you're going to do with it? We're talking house territory here. You don't buy a house and not know what you want to do with it. It's, so it's, come on. It, it's it's almost crazy to, to realize that, <laughs> but you're right. And I, I just, I think it's almost like a rite of passage. You know, you get, you're 17, you're ready for college. All right, it's great. Junior's going to college, going to be fantastic. We got a little bit of financial aid. We're going to add to that. All right, out the door you go. Good luck. I love you. And we didn't, right. we didn't take the steps to make sure that that was the right choice. Collectively, everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a very common thing. The, uh, the five or six years to graduate from undergrad, six years is what the uh, National Student Clearinghouse says is average, with 62% of people finishing in six years. And then the idea that uh, between 50 and 75% of people work outside their field of study once they do graduate. So it's it's a, a trend, but, you know, it's a trend you don't necessarily want your, your child to be in. I know it's hard to get exact numbers, but based on your feel... What you've heard working with parents and students, how many go to college and graduate or they're, they're in college and they realize, I'm not really sure what I want to do. What do you think the percentage is? I, I really do think it's probably about half the people there mm. because oh. so many people change majors and that's, that's when you realize that you're in the wrong thing and try something else. And then there are people who stay until the end and say, well, I'll just do something else. I want to talk about that on the changing of the majors. Is it, it truly your, your feeling that if you're doing that, if you're at that point, uh, you shouldn't be doing it anyway. You should be already uh, 
Your path should be already clear in your mind by that by that time. Well, my thought is that you might change majors, but you don't need a major change, a, a drastic change. If you're in engineering and you go from mechanical engineering to civil engineering, okay, fine. Hmm. That's you have all the same foundation. You know that a lot of the same foundation will transfer. But if you're in engineering and you decide you want to go into someplace pre-law, liberal arts or something like that, you lose a lot of credits and you add time to your stay on campus because the foundation is different. Gotcha. Yeah. So my, my, my whole thing is to let's get at least the right direction going. And we can tweak it when you're there, but you won't have to you know, completely turn around. And that's reasonable to think if somebody's in a uh, medical field and you pivot just a little bit in a different direction, you're still in that medical field, but a complete change. Um, does that, do you hear that happening? I don't hear that a lot. Every once in a while, I'll hear from a, a parent about their kids making those changes. Um, but, but you're hearing that? I do hear it and wow. it, it's disturbing. And I also hear people say, well, I don't think it's for me. I'm going to take some time off from college and come back. That's a classic. And the thing is, when you step out of college, the odds that you'll go back drop, you know, because you you have no momentum. You're stepping in the way of your own momentum. So once you step out of that flow, the idea of going back, uh, you know, eh, maybe, maybe next year, maybe next semester, maybe um, when things settle down, you know, maybe when I've saved up some money, the, the <laughs> time that it takes you starts to expand really in, in life years from four to five to six to eight. You know, if I've heard just what you're saying there. Yeah, that that many times a a student will come back and uh, after taking a break and it's a whole new ballgame. Yeah. Now, the thing is, a lot of and it, it changes a bit. A lot of females will go through once at a time. You know, they just do it once. They'll change their majors. A lot of guys seem to take time out and then come back. So it's very interesting the way it plays out. Now, this is all, you know, by observation. It's not a scientific piece. But that's what I've noticed. And and, uh, guys do come back, and they come back with determination once they decide they're going back. So, you know, that idea of taking a break or, or the gap year piece, it has some validity, but you have to be very careful that you're determined to go back to school. What happens in school? Like, when we go to the school counselor, formerly known as the guidance counselor, uh, as a parent, we think that they're taking care of everything. They're guiding. They have that info. They have that experience. Of course, they're dealing with potentially hundreds of students. Um, how does that look for you? And that's the problem, is the hundreds of students. The idea that somebody's going to be able to do a comprehensive job of looking at what your child wants to do and matching them with things in high school that's going to lead them on the path to the place where they want to go, it's not quite realistic. Most guidance counselors have at least a grade level, depending on the school. Sometimes they have two grade levels of children, and that usually translates to about three to 500 children that they're working with at a time, three to 500 students. Mm. If you start dividing that, the number of hours in the, the 
day in the work day and all that, they wind up with like 15 minutes of time per child, something like that. Now, some people are squeaky wheels and they get more attention, but for people who don't come in and say what they want, the idea that they're going to just automatically get what they want is not realistic. And if you go back and start asking your child, has anyone asked you what you want to do as a profession? Most times the answer is no. And if they're not asking the question, they certainly cannot be working with the intention of getting you there. If you want to be a, a J, and they never asked you, do you want to be a J, then the idea that they're going to get J-related training <laughs> right. and, and things that will lead you to be ready for a major in J, that can't happen because the question was never asked. Wow. I And we touched upon this last time. I can't imagine, as a school counselor, them being able to give that personalized attention that you offer. They really can't. They really can't. And that's why I offer it. And the other thing is that I ask the parents to be part of the process because the parents are able to walk with the child through the entire process, hear what the child was told, and tweak. So, you know, the, the parent can hold, hold the line and has the experience in the world that the child doesn't have. And the parent has the time to pay attention over years, several years, to get the child doing both academic and extracurricular activities that feed into their career ambition. And I help with starting that process, getting everybody centered on, oh, we need to get this career ambition in place, and here are the sort of things we need to be doing. So we get them acting as a team. Can you take us through the, the process? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, the counselors, on the other hand, they do a lot of making sure that you're registered for courses correct. They will take the recommendations based on what the teachers say that you're ready for. Are you ready for the next level of mathematics? Are you ready for the next level of, um, you know, whatever it is you want to take? And then they will make those recommendations, put it into a workable schedule for you and get you going on that. But they don't ask you what you want to take as much. You have to interject that. How does that journey work with you? Can we, let's just say, even even role play. Uh, let's say, let's say that I've come to you with my my son, and he's okay. he's looking for. Uh, he wants to he wants to work in cybersecurity, and eventually maybe maybe look at criminal law. You know, maybe something connected to that, but cybersecurity to start out with. And again, this is just hypothetical. Um, how does that? How does that process work? Would you be suggesting schools based on the region he wants to be in, based on budget and things like that? Um, no, I am not college admission. I'm not college admission. I'm career exploration so that you can choose a major that makes sense. Sure. So instead of uh, working with the idea of what school can we get you into, I'm working with what do you want to do when you finish school? So if he's looking at cybersecurity, and criminal law, then we're going to work to get him some experience in cybersecurity, get him a real good look at cybersecurity and a real good look at criminal law. Then we're going to start talking about um, what courses are available that have to do with cybersecurity or criminal law in his school so that he has the academic background to do what he thinks he wants to do and he has the experience to know which one he wants to do more, which one he wants to do first. 
as it were. And how would you how would you do that? How would you uh, expose the uh, the student to the you know the the variables in what what he might be choosing? Well, what we do is to get them into the idea that they're supposed to be sampling. Okay, and I I tell kids that this is like an ice cream shop experience. It's not an eeny meeny experience where you just say, oh, oh, I think I like this one first. You, you actually, in the ice cream shop, you walk in, you have all these possible choices in front of you. And you don't just say, any meaning. You say, could I try this? Could I try that? And you try different things, and then you choose which one you're going to put your resources behind and buy it by saying which one you really liked most, which one resonated with you, which is why we need a, a moment before the college experience, because that's the, the time when you start purchasing the education to get you into that field. But in high school, we're going to get you sampling. Now, there are some skills that you have to have to go sample. You don't just walk in. But we work with those skills. We work with those frameworks. So just even the framework of ice cream shop versus eeny meeny, that's a framework. And the kids understand that framework, and they're able to apply it. So we start with giving them frameworks, then we give them skills that they'll need in executing it. And we say, okay, you need to start thinking about who you know. So that's the, the basic level of networking. But it's something that they start doing on a practical level. And everything we do is on a practical level. Because when you finish all these 13 years of uh, K through 12 and then another four to five years of college, no one actually says, here's a job for you in what you want. They might say, you know, Uncle Bob does, does you know, such and such a thing. You can always work with Uncle Bob. But if you don't like the such and such a thing, that's not the job for you. How so do you, we get them actually sampling. How do you do the sampling? We, we get them talking around to people. There are some different programs that are available if you want to go, you know, the industrial strength. But even just figuring out such, some places to volunteer in your area that have to do with what you want. And the idea is that they need to be the driving force behind this process. School winds up being very passive. If you pass your classes, you will grade next year. If you don't go talk around about an internship or a volunteer opportunity, you will not have one. So we get them actually moving, taking the future into their own hands, thinking in terms of, shaping their own future. I like what you said a moment ago. All of it's fantastic. But when you said that investing in the college, it was more of, I'm buying a product. And that goes back to what we said earlier, where we just kind of just take it for granted (laughs) that uh, we're spending all this money and effort, especially money, for college, but you made it seem more that we're making a purchase. We're purchasing college. Uh, and that's a game changer. When you look at it that way, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, we gotta make sure we make the right choice here. <laughs> Not taking any chances. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a major purchase. And and it's supposed to serve you well. That's the idea. So we we've gotten to the uh, the the idea that it's okay if you take if it takes forever to get this thing and it doesn't serve you very well in the end. Right. But if you look at it as a product, you say, no, I'm going to buy, I'm going to purchase this education, and it's going to serve me well. You need both. Right. You need it to, to be able to walk through it in the time that you expect, 
and you need it to serve you well. And if it doesn't serve you well, you're buying the wrong product. <laughs> buy the right product. And Just like you would never buy a car that you hadn't read a few things about. You, when you... If I said to you, if I said to your son, if you're, say your, grand, your mother or your parents said to your son, you know what, when you hit 18, I'm going to buy you a car. How soon would your son start looking at cars? Be quite serious. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It, the, would he start today looking at cars? Uh, in a second. And by the way, by the way, there's no, there's no, Money back guarantee uh, on yeah. on on this number one. Uh, once you start it, you can't get back something. I'm talking about college, uh, right? It, so it's one of those purchases. Well, just like a car, like you're referring to, you buy a car, you got the car. I don't want to say you're stuck with it, but it's yours. That's it. You're, it's not. You know, I drove it for 30 days. I'm taking it back. No. It's the same thing with a house. You buy a house. And how interesting on the higher purchases, there is no return. You can go to a store and yeah. buy you know, a $20 screwdriver and take it back to Home Depot you know, a year later, and they're fine with it. Uh, there's, there's no return on any of this. So even more so why it's important to make sure that you're making the right purchase. Yes, and people are going through so many changes to get these things. Yeah. We're taking out loans. We're saving for years. You have the whole... Um, you know, government savings plan so you can get the child to college. And then we're not saying, okay, well, let's make sure that this is the education the child needs to do what they really want to do. Right. Which starts with what do you really want to do? And that's where I'm coming in. Hmm. I want to go through that process because it's so important when you're working with parents and a student in terms of determining what they really want to do, how you get to the core of it. Like you said, uh, you know, it's almost, it almost sounds like a test drive, but trying different things. I want to go deeper into that. Is that possible? Sure, sure. Yeah. I pick any occupation if you want. It does, doesn't matter. Well, the one I really like is veterinarian. Okay. A lot of people say, oh, I think I'd like to be a veterinarian. Well, because they love animals. Okay. So, little Nikki loves animals. And Nikki has a dog and a cat and a rabbit and loves animals. Great. Now, here's the thing. Do you know what veterinarians do? Do you know how long it takes to become a veterinarian? Have you worked in a veterinary clinic? Nikki would probably have volunteer hours. There are volunteer service hours that are required by school districts all over the country. On, on a state level, you're supposed to have some kind of volunteer hours. So if Nikki believes that veterinarian is the right Thing, go volunteer at a veterinary clinic. This gives Nikki, one, an idea of what life is like as a veterinarian. Two, someone to ask questions, an authority to ask questions of. So you can ask the people in the uh, veterinary clinic, what's the thing that most people come in with? And then you get to witness people coming in and how are they? How are they acting when they come in with this sick animal? And what are the sick animals usually happy and fun to play with, or are they sick and grumpy? They're probably going to be sick and grumpy. Mm. So if Nikki wants to play with happy animals, but really does not want to deal with sick and grumpy animals, they'll find that out right then. No money spent in college. You find it out on volunteer basis early in high school. If you really like it, then there are summer programs 
that you could probably go to and we can start talking about what you need to get selected into a summer program. Then when you start when Nikki starts looking for a college, instead of just going, Oh, well, you know, my cousin went to this college and it's great or, you know, I I love this, this team, this and they're they're you know, marching band is so hot. You so you have another criteria. Do do they have a program that leads to veterinary school? Do they have a good entry level piece? So you're gonna look at that now through the I wanna be a veterinarian lens. It traces back to what kind of college you want. It's also going to trace back to your high school pieces because if you want to be a veterinarian, Steve, what do you think you need to take in high school? I would imagine uh, science would be a big one. Yeah. There's an AP biology course. You need to be in it, right? And you've worked with a lot of students and a lot of parents. These things that they would need to take, is it kind of in your wheelhouse? You know, for example, somebody, we picked cybersecurity before, whatever it might be. Um, what you would suggest would be required classes in high school, you can make those recommendations. So I guess sort of like a school counselor. Yeah, yeah. But unlike the school counselor, I'm not worried about the load in the class. I'm just worried about the child. The school counselor has to look at the load, how it's being distributed, how many people are going to be trying to take this particular class, and whether they can offset. Do they have enough staff to offer a second, uh, a second section of it? You know, what, what's their capacity? I don't worry about that. I say, okay, the child needs to be in here, and you can go and... Uh, what parents don't realize is that they have the power to influence that if you if you make an appointment. And I will coach parents on when they need to go make an appointment and what they need to say in the, to get their child into the class that they need. You, uh, you, you're part of this journey from, I would imagine, if somebody connects with you in, in high school, right through college? Right. I can be, or I can just, you know, get you started. And you come back and tell me how how it's going. <laughs> it can be tighter or looser according to what you want. Yeah, I, I love it. But the main thing is that you get to you need to get that vision. Once the child gets that vision in their head that they are in control of this, this is a very big empowerment piece. You are in control of your own future. You can influence your future right now. Put down the controller to the game set and go do something. Yeah. Well, that, Put that, down the Xbox. Put it down because people hire based on not what you know or you're having a degree. People hire based on what you can do. So go learn to do something. You are the voice of wisdom that we don't get. <laughs> and <laughs> which a bit uh, unnerving is as parents, we just assume we know what's going on. We just assume, well, you know, it'll take care of itself. We got a school counselor. We've got admissions, you know. Little Johnny knows what he wants to do. Uh, it's not really right. all that sometimes. Uh, very, very valuable. And again, and again, so much is at stake here, especially financially. And I don't want to just, you know, center on that. It's a lot of money. And <laughs> it's, when you look at it that way, uh, why wouldn't somebody make sure that little Johnny wants to do what he thinks he wants to do uh, by, by working through you? Uh, Tonda, how do we connect with you? How do we find you? How do we start that process? Well, my my website is Wisdom in Minutes, and there is a, a drop-down to make an appointment. I love to have strategy calls, and we can just talk about where you are, what's going on, 
and whether there's a mesh between what I offer and what you need. You'll know. I truly believe you'll know when somebody talks to you and uh, you guys go back and forth and, and identify what's going on there. Uh, and especially if you're detecting that your child is not 100% sure about their career choice. Oh, my gosh. Wisdominminutes.com. Go now. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste any time don't waste any money get 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 on that thank you so much for being here today uh love what you do love your passion love your attention to detail and uh, looking forward next time we might get together beautiful thanks so much steve uh thank you broadcasting from the business capital of the world this is the podcast business news network when it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.